You're listening to The 202 Studio, a podcast series exploring the creative sparks emanating from the District of Columbia. Throughout the series, we'll be talking with artists, humanities practitioners, organizational leaders, and many others. Individuals working behind the scenes and in the spotlight, in organizations, studios, and workshops in all eight wards. As we explore the heartbeat of DC's arts, humanities, creativity, and culture. To learn more, visit dcarts.dc.gov. Welcome to the 202 Studio. From the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities, I'm Jeffrey Scott. Today's podcast, we are pleased to welcome uh, a man who was the former executive director of our agency, the DC Commission on the Arts and Humanities, Mr. Tony Gittins. How are you? Good seeing you. I'm well. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for inviting me. So uh, you uh, were executive director for 11 years, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, 11 wonderful years. I came in in 1996 and I retired out in 2008. And uh, you started under Mayor Barry. Yes, right. yes. I, I'd known uh, Mary Barry, um, Marion for uh, many years before that. We were both involved in the civil rights movement. So I knew Marion before he became the mayor. Uh, and uh, he asked me to come on to be the executive director of the Arts Commission. And then you continued through Mayor Williams. Yeah, Ma- Mayor Williams. Uh, Tony Williams, a brilliant man. He was nice enough to uh, ask me to stay and work in his administration. Uh, I must say it was a very special time for all of us that worked for Mayor Williams. Uh, um, many of us transformed the city uh, in a way that um, the city's seeing now the result of. Uh, it was a great time, very productive time for the Arts Commission then. The budget went up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, I've heard that said so many times that that period of time, you know, from Mayor Barry and Mayor Williams was really sort of a turning point for the city moving into a, a new sort of phase of development and, and growth and everything. Yeah, the, uh, Marion, uh, Mayor Barry, his his goal uh, in the city, he made great contributions with uh, in, in the city, um, but his goal was to create a black middle class mm-hmm. and uh, financially so that people had jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and he rushed that through and got a lot of resistance uh, to doing that. Um, and as a result, there was uh, some management wasn't his top priority. Uh, and as a result, the city had some broken parts. Uh, and then when uh, Mayor Williams came in, uh, he was an excellent urban administrator. And he was clear about the goals of the people that worked for him. It was a pleasure working for him. Uh, he knew that what we were up against. And he said, you know, I'll always watch your back. And he made resources available to us when he was able to do that. Uh, his door was always open to to anyone working there. Uh, and so we, the, the team he pulled together. I was also on on uh, the on the cabinet, a member of the cabinet. And I'd go to meetings and I'd look around that table, and the team he pulled together were just top flight mm-hmm. uh, administrators, urban administrators. They knew their jobs. They were getting awards nationally, mm-hmm. uh, very well respected, uh, a real great team. And so. Um, with he as our leader, you know, we made a lot of changes in the city. Uh, and a lot of that is coming to fruition now, and I could talk about them in detail if you wish. Uh, but uh, what the transformation, what's going on in Washington now, is the result of that period of time. Mm-hmm. The the foundations, the groundwork that, that y'all were laying back then and, you know, playing out 
change? Yes. Uh, you know, the finances of the city became clearer, more transparent. Um, there was support on the federal side for the city, so resources came into the city that way. Uh, the government made the parts of Washington um, around uh, 14th Street and Youth. They made it safe. Um, so that the restaurants were able to come in. Uh, they gave uh, certain or, uh, companies tax abatements to make it financially possible for them to come in. They supported the Arts Commission to allow us to do um, cultural things along the city and around the city to make it so people wanted to come here and that after work they had something to do to entertain themselves and on and on. Um, so that was the foundation of it. Uh, then <laughs> I joke with people because <clears throat> when I see folks who um, I was working with when I was in the government, uh, the, the, the thing we forgot is that uh, people get old, they move out, they die, and new people <laughs> come to take their place. So, <laughs> you know, the people who I can only speak personally, uh, who I was hoping uh, would take advantage of a lot of the benefits of our efforts, moved. You know, they left the city, they moved out to Prince George's County, uh, they got older, uh, and then um, people from outside of the city came and bought homes and then the condos and the apartments, and they moved in here because of the foundation that was built for people to want to move here and live here and raise their families here. Right. Yeah, and that's something that we've been seeing is the uh, new residents, I think— you know, I don't know what the latest set, set is, but it was something like 12,000, uh, not 12,000, but 1,200 new residents were moving to the district each month yes. there for a period. Yeah. And they were staying, too, mm -hmm. and staying and making families and having kids, you mm -hmm. know, having children. So it was, you know, D.C. had, had always had that sort of uh, status as a transient city that, you know, you came here and you worked for a little bit, you did your job on the hill or whatever, and then you moved out. But now it seems like people are coming and they're, choosing to make their lives here and well, stay. Well, who these folks are, <clears throat> and they're wonderful people, my neighbors and such, uh, they are the sons, daughters, um, uh, people who fled the city in the late 60s, early 70s, who, mm -hmm. because of the urban unrest, wanted to get out mm -hmm. and move to places like Arlington and Columbia and Reston and mm -hmm. outside of the city. And they, <laughs> they made their homes there uh, and, and commercial enterprises. I mean, there were no multiplex theaters back then. Mm -hmm. All that stuff, the big malls, Tyson's Corner, Montgomery Mall, all that developed mm -hmm. after people began, Bethesda, after um, these folks. So, you know... Their family moved out there. Their parents moved out there. They go to college, but they don't want to live out there. The suburbs are boring. They are boring. <laughs> they want some action. They want to go see people. They want to go to restaurants. They want to date. You know, they want to do all these things that young people want to do. You're not going to do it out in the suburbs. And so they come back to Washington. That's who they are. Mm -hmm. That's who they are, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a cyclical thing. It's kind of ironic, but interesting to observe over time. Yeah, it's, and it, it is interesting because— and. And a lot of that's happening across the country. Yes, you yes. Know, people, there was, you know, this move out to the suburbs yeah, from right, many communities, right. many states. <laughs> and now everyone's coming back to the cities because they there's conveniences, you know, to yes. be able to not have a car necessarily yeah, and right. not have a car payment pay and be able to walk, you know, to, uh, you know, and you can go out or you can go to a movie or you can go to see a, a gallery or a theater, you know, and it's accessible, you know, there's that accessibility factor, which 
a hundred years ago was the way things were. Everyone lived in the city. Then- <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing about cities is that you're around other people. You know, mm-hmm. you're around other human beings. The whole notion of the creative economy, which we might get to as we start talking about the Arts Commission, um, is about that. That mm-hmm. there's a creative economy, and if you get that going, then you're able to attract this workforce right. of young, smart people who want to be in the city, who want a tolerant place to live, and are willing to invest over time. You know, like you say, they, they raise their families here, the kids go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's a, it was very thought out, I got to say, on our part, the Arts Commission, this creative economy notion. Um, and... It has effect and it has results, and these people, the folks who are moving in now, are benefiting uh, from that. It didn't just pop up. I gotta say, uh, I was surprised. Uh, I was surprised when it happened um, as uh, dynamically as it happened. Where all of a sudden I looked around and there were all these new people on Col- in Columbia Heights. Where I said, "My God, where did they come from?" Mm-hmm. I, you know, I just was very shocked when they opened up the Target there. But I could tell you, I remember that what it took from the Office of Planning under Mayor Williams to get that target there. Mm-hmm. And the, I think it's a Safeway or a Giant that's nearby. That giant. was no easy mm-hmm. task. They did not want to come. You know, they didn't want to be there. And it took hard work on the part of the government to convince them, to encourage them to come. And now they're there and you see the transformation. But that was the result of government policies and very talented people who worked for the government to implement those policies. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. since we're talking about that and I'm, you you were with the commission when a lot of these things were happening and the there's also the idea that you know the arts can be sort of at the forefront driving a lot of these you know redevelopments or 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 uh, investments into neighborhoods by uh creating something that people want to come see. Yes. And then, you know, so you go to the gallery, you go to the theater, but you want to have dinner before the show, and then you want to go have a yep. drink afterwards. Park your car. And so all Take of this the metro. stuff, you know, kind of, you know, the arts sometimes are like the, the pioneers, the first, you know, on the scene, and then these other uh, businesses, industries follow. I, I, I absolutely would agree with you. There are examples. Um, in Southwest now, uh, where the wharf has taken off. Well, mm-hmm. the first group that was there was Arena Theater, mm-hmm. who was there for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, around uh, uh, 15th and P, 14th and P, a very dynamic area where the Whole Foods are and all that. Uh, the first folks over there were um, a Studio Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can go on and on mm-hmm. um, about arts organizations that came in there, uh, didn't mind the edginess of it. And began to bring people there to that to that area, and, and the area began to jump off mm-hmm. as a result. But when when I came to the Arts Commission um, and thought about it, and talked to people, talked to a lot of people uh, about it, I, I tried to come up with some broad kind of um, of policy for what it is we were going to do. How are we going to how how are we going to spend the money? Um, how are we going to measure our impact? And there were a couple of things that, that we came up with. One is we didn't want to limit the experience of art and culture to museums and galleries. Mm-hmm. In other words, people shouldn't have to go to a gallery or go to a museum uh, in order to have a cultural experience. So we began to look at ways to bring art to neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest example, and, and so public art, 
became a big push for some of the things we did. I mean, I hired a, a bigger public art staff and some great people who worked on there, Michael McBride and some other folks who uh, did work there to begin to do stuff. So uh, most people will remember the party animals program yes. that we did where we got 200 big donkeys and elephants, put it around the city. I know 400, 200 of each. Um, and uh, that was in 2002. It was not only a local area hit, but it was a national hit. Mm -hmm. You know, there were people doing articles about it because it was so Washington. Mm -hmm. You know, we hired, we got artists and paid them money to direct, to design each one of these donkeys and I'll put it all over the place. And it was a great thing. There was a book that, mm -hmm. that was a local bestseller. It was great. But what, what that did is it brought art to the corner. So when you, right. <laughs> you know, when you're on your way to the metro or you're going to work or you're taking lunch, you can't help but walk by one of these yes. things and talk, look at it. And uh, we had exhibit. It was a whole thing that was that. But it, we did it for that reason to bring art to um, or out of the galleries and museums. The other thing we did is um, the convention center. Um, if you go into the convention center, you'll see these big, huge art pieces. Mm -hmm. We put them there. The Arts Commission put them there. The mm -hmm. folks at the convention center, uh, the guy who was heading it up, he came to me and he said, look, Tony, I want you to handle this and do, well, I want the Arts Commission to handle this, take care of their art component. So if you go into the art, you go in there to, to, the, to the auto exhibit or whatever's going on in there, you're going to pass some art right. and have some experience of it. Some big, huge mobiles hanging big, from the ceiling. That we put them there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was no easy task to do that. Yeah. Uh, the other place is the district building. Mm -hmm. uh, the district building, a beautiful building that people are coming to to do their business quite often. And there's an exhibit there of art. And, we, and it's quality stuff, quality frame, quality mounted. Uh, and again, it's a place where people come in regularly and begin to have this experience. So we're able to fulfill that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing we wanted to do is we wanted to get people um, – off the mall. And we wanted them to understand that there was a Washington beyond the mall. I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That we're not just office buildings, federal buildings, and at best you go to the Smithsonian. Right. That there's a whole bunch of people who live here, who <laughs> make their life here, mm -hmm. who have a culture of their own. So we began to do things to express that as well. In 2002, I went to my friends over at the uh, Folklife, Smithsonian Folklife Festival, and I said, look, why don't you feature D.C. Uh, one summer? And they did. In 2000, they did that. Mm. Uh, and so DC, we had a place on the mall. That you round, you know, it was like bringing people on the mall to D.C. in a way. <laughs> right. uh, and we had, you know, we did all kinds of things. We had, we had uh, Chuck, Chuck Brown played there uh -huh. and Fugazi. Uh -huh. And we had all these other local bands that would play there and choirs that would perform. Um, it, it was really good, and people went to see it and got a better understanding. We had people talk from neighborhoods talking about fashion and, and did food and all this other stuff. Um, so we did a, a number of things that um, that uh, were served to let people know there was a Washington, D.C. beyond the mall, visitors especially. Um, and the other thing that we wanted to do is we wanted to increase the, the amount of resources available to artists. Mm -hmm. So when I got to the Arts Commission, the, the budget was $2.5 million, which might sound a lot. But and when I left, it was $11.5 million. And almost all of that money was money that we put right back out. I mean, we didn't have to build our infrastructure very much uh, for the to make the world to get the work done. But we created programs that mm -hmm. allowed artists and arts organizations to come in to get more money to do their work and not be always, you know, stressed out about, you know, are we going to make payroll this week? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I can go on. But, uh, so, yeah, uh, we had a vision there. 
how how many grant programs were like distinct kind of categories of grants were y'all running back then? Do you recall? Uh, they were. Um, this was some time ago, and I can't remember sure. the wrong. But there was a grants and aid program, uh-huh. and I think there was another program which was for local arts organizations, mm-hmm. uh, and there were fellowships. That's right. my recollection. I could, um, but. Again, while I was there, I don't mean to, I say me, but there were a lot of other people who worked right. to make this happen. It wasn't Tony Giddens, you know. There was, I mean, really, you get like, sure. there's a staff now, there was a staff there. Mm-hmm. And you, if you got good people, you can implement your ideas. So we created a, um, there, were, there were some organizations that were deserving and needed more money than other organizations. So we created uh, what we call it um, an advancement program. So it was a program where an organization could get like $100,000 <clears> Um and they still have this, this program now. Uh, and then we also made sure that they had uh, some outside people that would come and firm up their infrastructure, do a strategic plan mm-hmm. for them, look at their finances, and gave them money to do what they were going to do. So that's so, currently the Upstart program. The Upstart program. Yeah. And uh, Lionel uh, used to head that up. But Upstart, that's mm-hmm. exactly Upstart. Yeah. So that came with us. Um we had also a small grants program, which I don't think is there anymore. It was a, a, a program um, where we did it about two or three times a year. You get a thousand dollars because we found that there were organizations that didn't have a. They just wanted to go to a conference. They just wanted mm-hmm. to do a, pa- a panel thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't. They didn't have a big strategic plan. Mm-hmm. That and they were groups. You know, there were cultural groups in the city that we wanted to serve, and it was a program where they could come in, show up the need, uh, and. If they qualify, they get a thousand dollars to go do what like they wanted the to do. Subject, keep it yeah, simple, yeah. you know. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Don't have all this big bureaucracy around it that keeps people away. We want, we wanted to attract no. them and and not push them away. And we had other programs like that. Uh, um, we we when I was leaving, I was trying to get um, some program that would facilitate DC organizations to travel abroad. Uh, mm-hmm. to other festivals and to present, mm-hmm. you know, to represent the city out right. there. Um, Which has panned out. We have the, the Sister Cities grant now. Yep, Sister Cities. Yeah. yeah, with I think Reagan, Reagan Spurlock, mm-hmm. who heads that up there. But, um, yeah, yeah, and all that those kinds of things that, again, we wanted to give everybody a fair chance at the money and to have as much money available as we could. And East of the River, was that— uh, East of the River existed before I got here. Before you got there. Yeah, that, that was a pro, obviously a program for East mm-hmm. of the East of the Anacostia mm-hmm. River, um, and on and on. You know, we had uh, the other programs. We wanted to do something for folk artists. So, um, and Ebony Ebony headed up this program. It was a folk arts program that we did uh, in Eastern Market. Okay. I don't know if that's still happening or not. Probably not. Um, and we did. There's a program now. I used to have um, uh, these focus groups because I wanted to understand what the arts organizations were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to have this thing. It was called uh, uh, Breakfast with Tony, right? <laughs> and I got this from my kid's school because okay. every once in a while, the principal would have breakfast and he they'd have a class that the parents would come. Okay. And it was early in the morning. And you got to meet this guy, uh-huh. girl, and you, woman, and you start talking to him about you know, It was really... A very mm-hmm. kind of warm and interesting, and and the parents found out more about what was going on at school mm-hmm. in the classroom. So um, I implemented that, and so we'd invite folks to come by. We'd get some bagels and stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, and folks would come by and just talk about what was going on. So we had this arts education thing, and after a while, you know, it was in the evening, and people were saying, you know, we're spending up all your money on buses. You know, <laughs> I said, what? 
He said, yeah, you know, if you do the program, you can't depend on the public schools to get the kids here. Mm -hmm. So we wind up renting buses to bring the students to the program. And that's and half the budget. Right that's there. half the budget right there. Right. So I said, hmm. So that's when we started the Arts for Every Student program. Okay. And it's called, uh, now it's, I can't think of the name of it now, but they have a whole organization. Uh, we funded it. We gave them the first funds to allow them. Uh, and I can't think of the name. It's the Arts and Humanities Education that's Collaborative. That's it, the yeah. Collaborative. So mm -hmm. now it's a collaborative. Uh, there was another guy, um, Derek from... Um, the Kennedy Center and one other woman who were the ones who really pulled it together. But we looked at the need and created financing mm -hmm. for it. Um, and uh, it's going on as it is, as it, it is today. Busing you know, kids if, if there's real need, you know, then the need will be met, you know, right. and continue to be met. And, um, so, you know, we did that, and when we saw a need, you know, I tried to find some resources to make it happen. The Fringe Festival, you know, mm -hmm. we were we started out doing a Fringe Festival with Jose Dominguez, mm -hmm. who was our uh, one of our staff people there. And then the people who are doing it now, Julianne, mm -hmm. um, who was just great, uh, they came to us and said, look, we're getting ready to do this too. So we stopped, mm -hmm. and we said, okay, let's find a way to help you and ourselves. And the uh, downtown business improvement district, we each gave them their first bunch of money. Right, y'all. And here it is now. Kind of partners for the first year of capital. Firm yeah, or something like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and the bid because we were friends with uh, Steve, Steve Moore, who was mm -hmm. at the bid then, uh, and uh, help that. So that's what we tried to do to push the money out to make the city as vital and interesting as possible. And it sounds sort of like uh, you know, trying as much as possible to to fill voids that maybe weren't there, but to incubate the private nonprofit sector so that then they can take off and yes. do it themselves. So that it's not always a government job that's doing it, but, you know, to to take care of the need and then exactly. pass it off. Exactly. Of we weren't... <laughs> the only time we did something is when we saw nobody else could do it or wanted to do it. If right. somebody else could do it, why? Are we, You know, it's not our job to do that, yeah. you know, and, and that... That was sort of the principle, you know, to give people as much help and encouragement as we could. And I think that's kind of a, a underlying theory of public service in general. Is yes. That the, the government does those things that need to be done, but no one else is doing them in the private sector. So right. government yeah. comes in and does it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we're an umbrella. Or the Arts Commission was an umbrella organization. You know, we didn't have any dog in any fight. Mm -hmm. You know, we were there to serve everyone um, and only did things like party animals. Nobody else was going to do that. Um, and didn't have the resources to do it. And so we stepped in and we did it. The public arts stuff, you know, nobody has the money to do that, but um, yeah. we were able to do it. But, and if somebody else could do it, why would the Arts Commission, you know, they got enough to do, the Arts Commission has enough to do. And now it's kind of interesting, at least on the public arts side of things, that private corporations and companies are starting to get in on this game, particularly with like murals uh -huh. and stuff. And Heineken uh, is one of the brands. That really? I didn't know that. a lot of murals. And because it becomes sort of a branding opportunity uh, for, for them. them. Yeah. And a lot of developers too, when they're putting up new buildings are uh, commissioning murals to be put on the building because it sort of marks them and makes mm -hmm. that building more distinctive. So they've they've realized that there is commercial viability to some of this public art. Well, I'm glad to hear you that. Know. That wasn't always the case. Right. So exactly. Exactly. So, so, I mean, because there were some places uh, the city made public art space, uh, public art exhibit part of the city's grant to the 
to the building or whatever they were going mm-hmm. to do, tax abatement they were going to do. And that was the last thing the developers wanted to do. They wanted to build their building, make their building, get out, right. sell it and get out of there, right? Mm-hmm. And and uh, so it was not always easy. Like if you look at uh, Bust Boys and Poets, uh, they're in 5th and G, am I right there? The one that's further downtown? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you see a, there's a big yellow. A big installation. The guy didn't want to do that. <laughs> I remember we met with the, with the developer and he he just said, oh, we'll do it after the building is finished. And we said, no, no, because you're going to be out of here. <laughs> you, no, we're going to decide this thing now. We uh-huh. got the artist now. Let's schedule to get it done now. Because I knew once he walked away, that was going to be it. But there was resistance. The one, there's a, a big metal sculpture. Uh, so it's on 9th, right across from Martin Luther King. Uh, there's a restaurant there. My memory's bad. There's a big metal piece. What's the big restaurant? Oyamal or something? Oyamal. Uh, Oyamal, right? So there's oh. a big sculpture there. It's colorful. It's metal. Yeah. All right. It, that was supposed to be across the street in front of the, the Martin Luther King Library. Okay. The board, a couple of people on the board didn't want it. And they, they pushed back and said no. So we said, well, okay. So we moved it across the street. Mm-hmm. And that's how that got there. It That's just, how that, and even that, those folks were, were hesitant. Because it's in front of the portrait gallery now, right? It's across from, no, 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 not no. the cowboy piece. Not the cowboy. No, no, there's no. another piece. Next time you go and, and uh-huh. have dinner down there, okay. you, you'll notice it. But now it's a place marker for, for that sure. restaurant and for that area. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, they didn't say, come on and put it in there. It was, it was a couple of people there. One guy I remember who fought for it, he really wanted it. Uh, and then other people who questioned it. Um, but it's there now, and people have gone on and said, yeah, you know, it's all great. <laughs> Come on. you know, <laughs> It wasn't always that way. And so were these uh, these types of public artworks, were they already existing and you were finding them in print, or were they commissions? That they were, were commissioned. Yeah. They were commissioned. Okay. You know, there was a panel just mm-hmm. – I'm assuming you guys are doing it the same way now. Mm -hmm. But it's a panel of experts, and there were guidelines that went out to people, and they submitted, and the panel reviewed it, reviewed it, the commission approved it, and that's how that happened. And as far as making the connection with a developer to – was that – done at the office of planning level or a different level or was the it was done at the uh, office of uh, business and economic development okay. because a number of those projects did get some assistance from the government mm-hmm. and uh, we talked to them about well it's as as for an arts component mm-hmm. you know you just can't give away the place except for it's for an arts mm-hmm. component um and um that's how that that they wound up having to do it. They didn't want to do it. Didn't mm-hmm. care. The last thing they wanted mm-hmm. to be bothered with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the government used its weight to say, "Yes, you said so. You want our money. You want our assistance. It's going to cost you, and this is mm-hmm. you got to do that." But then now, I think there are some developers that you know, aside from the murals that I talked about, but are, are kind of taking that on their own yes. to include some. Artists, um, the Arts Walk, the Brooklyn, the studios, uh-huh. you know, we're putting the studios on the ground floor that can be opened up for mm-hmm. people to see, you yep. know, it's a uh, you know, conscious decision to help increase the, the foot traffic, yep. the visibility of that area. So yep. Yep. it's, you know, it's kind of like you, you force them to take their medicine <laughs> and then they realize it's, it's good for them. Hopefully. It works. You know, yeah. they, they realize they, it works. Like you say, it's good for them and, more. Yeah. and they want to take more. They want to work with you more and they want more. And they say, oh, we can go off and do it. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to show people that arts matter, that arts are important, that mm-hmm. arts contribute. 
that. And if they see that and then say, oh, okay, I agree with you. Let me get in there and start pitching to make make it happen for, for mm-hmm. all of us. That's what you want, you know, and then you walk away and go do something else. Right. Anything else you'd like to add uh, about your time here or um, in general? About the arts com- uh, or the arts in D.C. or D.C.? Uh, well, I think the arts community in D.C. is a very special group. I, I, again, as we mentioned earlier, I knew the earlier people, the founders, the people mm-hmm. who built the foundation of a lot of these places. And, and it's transitioned because of time and age and you know, um, none of us uh, are as, can do what we did back then. Um, and I, so I don't know a lot of the younger people. I know Julianne at French pretty mm-hmm. well, but the rest of them I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm sure they'll push on. But the only thing I'd say is just that arts matter. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and in this culture, they think arts are Hollywood entertainment and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But uh, on a more community, personal level, they matter. They're important. Mm-hmm. They're important. Um, freedom of expression is important, especially in a democracy, essential in a democracy. It has to be supported and, and encouraged. Uh, otherwise, we wind up being a different kind of country, and none of us want that. No. That's about it. Thank you for, for asking me to be here. I appreciate it. it brought back memories that I, <laughs> I appreciate. Well, They're all you. good. But <laughs> thank you for being here, and, and th- thank you for all that you did when you were here. I mean, because certainly... We probably wouldn't be here today without the things that you put in place. And the people who came before me. That's Absolutely. the way it works. That's, and that's the way it works. Uh, for 50 years we've been going, and hopefully yeah. another 50 years. Absolutely. In the future. So Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, buddy. Okay. You've been listening to The 202 Studio, a podcast series of the D.C. Commission on the Arts and Humanities. Thanks to the commissioners and staff of the Commission on the Arts and Humanities, the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, and special thanks to our mayor, Muriel Bowser, for her support of the Arts and Humanities in the District of Columbia. And thanks to you for listening today. Mm-hmm.